BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. This is 24, a weekly highlight reel from the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, featuring all things election coverage. Let's get started. Here are Clay and Buck. We are joined by Tulsi Gabbard now. She's a former U.S. representative for Hawaii's 2nd Congressional District, former presidential candidate, lieutenant colonel in the United States Army Reserve. She's got a book coming out in April, For Love of Country, Leave the Democrat Party Behind. Tulsi, great to have you on the show. Hey, good afternoon. Good to talk to you guys. We have so much we want to go over with you, but can we start with there seems to be in this audience, um, and I, I don't know if you'd be familiar with this until we tell you, but a a draft Tulsi as a Trump VP option caucus. I mean, there's a lot of people that write in and tell us this is what they want to hear about. Would you consider that Tulsi? Uh, I would. Thanks for sharing that with me, by the way. I wasn't aware, but uh, I, I of course I would. Uh, my my interest and goal has always been trying to find the best place that I can serve our country and make a positive impact. We have so many challenges that we're facing right now. Uh, this this election is absolutely critical. And what I'm finding as I'm traveling across the country, uh, speaking to many of the points that I wrote about in my book about why I left the Democratic Party and how today's Democrat elite are doing their very best to destroy our democracy just so that they can hold on to power. And and I got to tell you, there's a lot of folks out there who feel politically homeless right now. Some of them may still technically be Democrats, but don't feel any connection to those in power in the Democratic Party. Some are independents and others. And they they I'm encouraging them to look at what is really happening in this country to reject uh, the the Democrats and I and I, I hate to say it's just Joe Biden because as you both know very well it's not. Someone asked me last night at CPAC, well, do you think they're going to replace Joe Biden? I said I don't know, maybe they will, but what difference will that really make? Whether it's Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or whoever else they may put forward, they all stand for the same policies that are destroying our democracy and undermining our freedom, undermining the rule of law, doing everything they possibly can simply to hold on to power, and that's a, that's a threat to us all. Tulsi, appreciate you coming on. Um, I don't know if you've heard the audio. We played it for our audience earlier, but the ladies on The View had a huge discussion about you, and they said, you're a Russian asset. Vladimir Putin has got control of you. I'm paraphrasing. When you hear people say that, and it's not just random people online. I mean, The View is distributed by ABC News. It has got, crazily to me, a substantial audience of viewers. What do you think? What is your response when you hear people say, like they did on The View, that you're a Russian asset? Oh, well, first of all, you know, they, they, they said all of those things about me when I ran for president in 2020, and it wasn't limited to The View. As you know, uh, Hillary Clinton was one of the main propagators of 
that lie. And I actually took the view ladies to task on that Joy Behar specifically uh, when they invited me on the show and, and reminded all of them and their viewers about how much I love our country. Uh, I'm proud to wear the uniform of, of the cloth of this country. I'm proud to serve in the army now for over 20 years to have served in Congress for eight years on the armed armed services and the foreign affairs committees trusted with some of the most classified information that we have. Uh, I'm willing to die for our country. And to my knowledge, not a single woman on the view has ever put their lives on the line for our country or perhaps even thought about it. Uh, so, so when I hear people and they're not the only ones resorting to this, obviously we're hearing this now being drummed up again about Donald Trump. What I hear is they have nothing left but to play the Russian asset card because they know they can't win on the issues. They know they can't win in a fair argument or debate or any conversation of substance. And this is not just limited to Democrats. There's a woman on The View who I saw. She, she claims to be a normie Republican, whatever that means, um, but she is parroting the very same line that these Democrats and Hillary Clinton are parroting. And these are the very same people who want to continue to take us into more counterproductive, unnecessary wars. They're not looking out for the American people. They're not looking out for our country and they don't care about the Constitution. So I don't think we should pay much attention to them. Uh, Tulsi, last time I saw you, we talked a bit about the um, situation in Maui after the uh, horrible a wildfire that that happened there and the tremendous loss of uh, property and life. Um, the Biden administration response and what's happened since then? How, how how can you bring us up to speed on what the status is uh, in the aftermath of that tragedy, which was only a few months back? Yes, the aftermath is still being felt. Uh, there are no homes yet being rebuilt on the land that was destroyed by the wildfire. And I so appreciate you bringing this up, back, Buck, because uh, the families who were displaced are still homeless. That's the bottom line. Some have been put up in hotels or Airbnbs, but they are still without a place that they can call home. Uh, FEMA and the Biden administration, uh, including a lot of the state and county government, their response is abysmal from the beginning. I would say probably some of it has improved in the sense that at least people aren't living in tents. They have a hard roof over their heads. But the fact that it's actually been uh, several months, August of last year was when this fire occurred. There, there is so much more that could have been done more quickly to help them uh, rather than leaving them in the way that they are still stranded so many months later. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was just out there in Hawaii this past week, and so he was asked a lot of questions by people locally about what they're doing within the Department of Transportation to help alleviate some of the situations they're facing on that side of the island on Maui. But much like we saw with Biden visiting East Palestine, Ohio, more than a year after their disaster, with the chemical spill that they felt in the aftershocks and the aftermath, they are still suffering. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, my heart goes out to them because they are not getting anywhere near the care and attention and advocacy and frankly, emotion uh, that we're hearing from the Biden administration about uh, the war in Ukraine. When And that was one of the first things, and I don't remember if I told you, Buck, when I saw you, but three days after the fire when I was there on Maui, that was some of the first things that the residents there told me was, hey, I wonder if we changed our name to Ukraine or Kiev, then maybe somebody would pay attention to us. Tulsi, you and I have, I think we're around the same age, and we have a similar political path where uh, you were obviously a Democrat congresswoman. I voted Democrat in past elections. I've talked about this. Uh, and one reason I'm super optimistic is I do think there are enough open-minded people in America to recognize these awful choices that the Democrats are making now. When you travel the country, you got a book I know coming out in April. Do you meet a lot of people who tell you that they've had the same political evolution as you have? Because I do meet a lot of people when I go around the country. Buck's different. You know, at 15, he knew he knew exactly what he thought, and he stayed <laughs> consistent growing up in New York City. You know, he's truly a unicorn in some sense, but you and I are a little bit more similar in our political paths. I'm curious how much 
positive feedback and also people telling you that they have followed you. I think Elon Musk is a good example maybe of this as well. How many people do you meet who maybe have had the same political evolution as the two of us? You know, it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because it is almost every day, Clay. It's, it's whether it's people I'm meeting in person. I just got off a plane and, and met someone in the airport as I was waiting for my luggage. People sending me notes online or DMs on social media. Uh, people who feel more emboldened to know that they are not alone in the way that they feel and that, you know, in my case, I'm using whatever platform I have to bring voice to these concerns and frustrations that a lot of them feel and have been feeling for quite some time. Some people, maybe for, for generational or family legacy reasons, haven't taken that step yet to leave the Democratic Party. But in their hearts, they, 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 they can't vote for Joe Biden. They can't vote for the people who are, are, are causing such harm uh, to our country. In, in so many respects, you know, I talk to parents who, who aren't politically involved, but they are feeling the hurt of, you know, hey, I've got an eight-year-old little girl who's, a, you know, wants to compete in gymnastics. Am I going to have to worry about her competing against a boy? Obviously, the, 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 the female athletes who are swimmers. I have friends who are surfers who at, the, at the highest levels who are afraid to speak out about the fact that the World Surf League has said that biological men can compete against them in the world championship contest and what does that mean for their livelihood and their future there there are a lot of people who have been silent who have been politically disengaged who are now waking up and that's where our that's where i find hope and opportunity uh in this election especially given all that's at stake uh, to, to really encourage people, if nothing else, make sure you get out and cast your informed vote to stop this insanity. Just as we're here, we get an email from one of our VIPs. Mark, gentlemen, there's evidence that Trump may be giving serious consideration to Tulsi Gabbard for VP. <laughs> so this is this is an ongoing conversation among our uh, listeners on 500 stations. So Tulsi, uh, appreciate you being here with us. We'd love to have you come back and talk more about all these issues and also about this 2024 election cycle. Um, and when's the book coming that. out? The book comes out April 30th. We are encouraging folks, if you're interested, uh, pre-order now. If you have a friend or a, a maybe a spouse or a son or daughter who is maybe one of those people we're talking about who doesn't quite know where they're at in this election and is maybe walking this journey themselves, uh, buy the book for them. It's available on Amazon.com right now. It's called For Love of Country, Leave the Democrat Party Behind. Tulsi Gabbard, everybody. Tulsi, thanks again. Thank you both. Aloha. Tons of positivity rolling in for uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I'm not surprised. She was really good, I thought. Uh, one in particular, uh, Sarah, one of our VIPs. You can sign up for the VIP. You can watch us for three hours if you want of video every single day uh, behind the paywall at Clay and Buck. Sarah says, I've been thrilled for three days at the prospect of Tulsi as Veep. After this conversation, I'm convinced she's awesome. Uh, This would be a game changer. changer. Name her Trump. Um, Look, I, I do think her calling out the ladies of The View, Buck, and saying, I don't think any of them have ever risked their life for the country. So that's a pretty good line when you're saying, oh, she's a Russian asset. Uh, pretty well played. We mean, Joy Behar wasn't forward deployed in Ramadi, kicking in doors, taking it to the foreign fighters? Apparently Very not. well played, I think, uh, by Tulsi Gabbard. I thought she was really pretty outstanding. And obviously, this builds on the drama that Trump is going to continue to create. We expect tomorrow, Buck, for Trump to win comfortably in South Carolina. I think at that point, it will really be virtually impossible, even if Nikki Haley's saying, I'm going to stay in until, what is it, March 5th, I think, is Super Tuesday in like two weeks, basically, uh, or a little bit over a week after Saturday. What do, you, what do you think of the chances that she loses by a lot and then within a week tries to clear the pathway to hop on the Trump train and the Trumpster says there is no room on the train? No, I think I think, look, Trump would take her endorsement. I think what she's done is cancel out any possibility she's involved with the Trump administration. 
because of the way that she's handled. I think Trump would say, look, I appreciate Nikki Haley's endorsement. He would say nice things. He said nice things about everybody who's endorsed him. I think that's one of his, uh, I would say, really positive traits in general is that he doesn't hold grudges. A lot of politicians, they spend years marinating on something mean that somebody said that is not Trump. I think he would accept her endorsement. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details grand canyon university a private christian university in beautiful phoenix arizona believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness gcu believes in equal opportunity and the american dream starts with purpose gcu equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come by honoring your career calling you impact your family your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You're listening to 24, the year of impact with Clay and Buck. Ryan Gerdusky, who uh, was sharing an interesting poll that we started off the show discussing, the Siena, New York State poll. Uh, and Ryan, we bring you on because we like you to break down the data for us. And I want to start with the question that I started the show with today, and that was... According to that poll, Donald Trump now leads in New York State among Jewish voters. I believe the number was 53 to 44. Did that surprise you? Does it have staying power? Have we seen a shift based on October 7th? How would you analyze this uh, as it pertains to the Jewish vote, not only in New York, but potentially around the country? So there have been three polls about the Jewish vote since October the 7th in about New York State, all by Siena. And Trump's numbers among Jewish voters in the subset of the, of the Siena poll went from 29 percent on October the 15th to 54 percent and 53 percent rather in the latest poll that came out today. It's a significant shift. It's very, very high. And nationwide, we don't know the exact number, but he got about 30 to 33 percent of the Jewish vote in 2020 nationwide. I'm not exactly sure of New York. Um, New York, unlike other places with significant, New York has the largest Jewish population in the country. Nine um, percent of the entire state is Jewish, but it also has one of the largest Orthodox and Hasidic populations, which tend to be far more Republican, not just by the average Jewish voter, but far more Republican than the average voter. 
And Orthodox and Hasidic voters, especially on federal issues, vote very, 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 very Republican. Um, so what we could be seeing in New York and the reason why New York moves so far right could be because this, the poll could have oversampled Orthodox and Hasidic voters. Or it could be that just these voters are just moving to the right over several issues, especially with the growth of anti-Semitism um, that we've seen from the far left in this country. Hey, Ryan, it's Buck. You know, the um, migrant situation in New York, we're just talking about the Jewish vote in New York. Uh, migrant situation is obviously also uh, getting a lot of national attention. There's this video of cops fighting at Randall's Island, which is where I used to play high school sports. This is a side note. We used to have the uh, facilities there for basketball, so- not basketball, uh, soccer, football, uh, you know, outdoor sports. And uh, they've now turned it into a refugee camp. I mean, there's a refugee uh-huh. camp on Randall's Island. NYPD having to fight and kick and punch uh, with a, a migrants who are throwing chairs at them and everything else in this 3,000 bed facility. It felt like the Democrats believed they had it all moving in, you know, or they thought they had a strategy with this bill that then Republicans in the Senate did not go along with. But what are we seeing in terms of actual perception and, and numbers on that one? Because Now they're saying Biden may take matters into his own hands. And it's like, well, hold on. I thought he couldn't do that before. Right. I mean, Biden always had the ability to do something on immigration. This is not like this is the first president who's ever had a border crisis. We've had every president, recent presidents had a border crisis of one form or the other. And every president's done executive things. I mean, Joe Biden stood on the stage that he would give free health care to illegal aliens. He wouldn't deport them. um, And he would try to fast track away for amnesty. So, of course, they came. And I think what a lot of misperception from Democrat elected officials was, was, well, how bad could the border crisis be? We've we've dealt with border crisis of a million people in the past before. We've never dealt with a border crisis of seven million people. And my comment I always make to people is, what are you going to do when 100 million people come? Because if you continue to do what is going on, 100 million people will eventually make their way into the United States of America, be dependent on the state, overwhelm the systems, and the systems will collapse. You have Massachusetts. The state of Massachusetts just cut a state program dedicated to funding firefighters for smaller or lower income municipalities in the state to pay for their um, migrant crisis. In New York State, we're looking at sanitation and police force cuts. Denver is dealing with similar cuts. Um, Chicago will deal with the same exact thing. They cannot afford this migrant crisis at the level it is. And if Biden wins a second term, it will I wouldn't be shocked if it doubled Um, and it will 100 percent bankrupt many, many municipalities or or see vast, vast spending cuts throughout these municipalities. So as far as it as far as it goes with with Democrats, I mean, you saw Thomas Suozzi in the special election in New York third talk about needing to create, you know, some kind of plan that says that they're and militarize the border and protect the border. I think Democrats are especially in swing areas are seeing the writing on the wall. There was a bill to make DUIs and Social Security fraud a deportable offense. And every Democrat in the country in a moderate to swing district voted um, in favor of the bill. It was only Democrats in deep, deep blue districts that voted against this. Um, but I think the perception is there and the perception that Democrats are, the, are weak on the border is going to be very hard to shake with or without this single bill. We're talking to Ryan Gerdusky. Uh Ryan, I want to go back to that Siena poll because the other thing that stood out to me was Trump wins, I think it was 47-41, something like that, among male voters. That is mm. it's kind of shocking for, I think, a lot of people. Trump would win New York State if only men were voting. But the gender gap is insane when it comes to women and their rejection of Trump. Um is that the story writ large to you in many ways for 2024? And I understand there's a difference. Buck and I talked about it uh, between married women and single women. It's really single women that are really turning their backs on Trump and the Republican Party in general. But correct me if I'm wrong. I think if only men voted, Trump would win 50 states, basically. And if only women voted, Biden would win 50 states, we're setting up for potentially the biggest gender imbalance maybe that we've ever seen. Do you see that ameliorating, changing somewhat, or are we locked and loaded on one of the biggest gender gaps of all time? Well, you know, if, if this is the fact is if only men voted, we last Democrat we would, we would have elected in this country it was Lyndon Johnson in 1964. That's we an amazing stat. 
Repeat that again. So the only if only men voted, the last Democrat that would have won was Lyndon Johnson in 1964. Yes, yes, it's the last time the the Democrats won the mail vote. Um, yeah, it's 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 it is. I mean, it's the 19th Amendment. The, but that is that is ultimately what changed it. And um, yeah, I, that is. I mean, the young female vote, and there's a lot of studies on this. And younger women are more radicalized. They are more democratic than younger men are, and it's it's increasing that that i mean between college loss of religion and the lack of prospects for marriage which are the three things that push women to vote more republican all those three things are enabling women to become more radicalized um in progressive beliefs and that i don't know how that changes or or when that changes um but that is what's happening and on the flip side you're seeing younger men um, becoming more Republican and more conservative in their beliefs as well. And there's a huge problem in the sense that younger people, people under the age of 18, don't date that often. They delay adulthood for longer and longer periods of time. They don't drive as, as early as young, they don't work as early as older generations do. Um, there's a book called Generations by Gene Twepy, uh, the author who talks a lot about this. And that's a huge problem going forward. Um, but this, it is the great gender divide. And I don't know how that happens or how it fixes. It's just a matter of do, do married women sit there and, and show up in the polls and do unmarried men show up? Because unmarried women, the Democratic Party has become not only their hobby and their political belief, but also their church in many cases. No, that's so fascinating. And by the way, quickly here, and then Buck wants to dive in, but when you were saying that, does the data reflect that women become more conservative when they get married or men become more liberal? In other words, when usually, we get the marriages here, what does the data show us? Usually it's what who has the stronger beliefs in the in the in the marriage. I mean, if you marry if you're a moderate voter and you marry a very conservative or liberal person, you will tend to reflect the beliefs your moderation will 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 decrease and you will have the beliefs of whoever you marry. It's a lot like religion. The kids will often follow the religion of the, of the, of the parent who is more religious. Ryan uh, Gerdusky with us and his Substack, which you should check out, is the National Populist Newsletter. Ryan, thank you. Um, you're, you're very straightforward on, on your assessment of things. One of the reasons we like having you on. What is Nikki Haley doing? We've got a few days before <laughs> South Carolina. What is the play here? What is the plan? I mean, look, what does she have to lose by staying? I always say she doesn't have a job to go home to. The kids are grown. The husband's at, out in the military. There is nothing. She's always wants to run for president. I mean, so she takes this position where she doesn't drop out until Trump gets the needed delegates, which is basically, I think, what Cruz did last time in 16. Um, and what other people have done in the past, they just waited out. Newt Gingrich didn't win a state for a long time before he dropped out. And, you know, if something happens to Trump, something happens with his health, something happens with, I don't know, whatever, and she's the nominee, what does she have to lose? I mean, so why not pick up a few delegates? She's already made history in this election. She is the first presidential candidate to lose to nobody, and she's also the first woman Republican to ever win a county in a primary. So, I mean, she can hang that, you know, on her, uh, you know, on her crown and just stay there because she's got nothing. There's nothing to do when she goes home. She'll go work for Boeing or something like that. But she's got she has nothing to lose. It's not like she's going to run for Senate of South Carolina or something like that. All right, Ryan, so. if the election we're sitting almost at, what is it, eight months out? If the election mm-hmm. were today. All right. I'm putting you on the and spot. Michelle Obama was not the nominee. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Obama. Yeah. OK. Uh, <laughs> you and you and Buck can take your tag team Royal Rumble, uh, you know, clothesline. Ryan is a brilliant analyst of politics for those who don't know. What would happen in the election today if they, if tomorrow was election day? What do you think the results would look like? You know, I thought I always said that Biden still had the advantage. I think that the DOJ report is really just as damaging as it could possibly be. I've never seen something like that before as far as what, you know, what it says. At the end of the day, listen, the major states that are at play are going to be, it's eight states that decide this entire election, Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio, Arizona, Nevada, uh, Florida, Michigan, Wisconsin, and maybe New Hampshire if it becomes into play. It's very, very few states. Most of those states are 90 to 95% black, white states with the exception of Florida and Arizona and Nevada. 
um, uh, and North Carolina and Georgia. I forgot those two. Those states will decide this election. I think that the th- three big questions that we that I don't have the answer to right now. Does RFK get on the ballot? Number one, because I heard from top Biden officials that that is one of their biggest, biggest concerns is that RFK gets ballot access. Number two. Does the black vote decrease? In 2016, the black vote was 13 percent of the 12 percent of the population, a national population, national vote. In 2020, it was 13 percent. It was like 1.3 percent higher. That was the deciding factor in 2020 was the black vote. And lastly, if Trump is going to lose the college educated votes, which are the college educated women vote, do non-college educated white voters, which are the bedrock of the Republican Party, do they show up in full force? Those are the three things that will decide this election. Um, uh, everything else is really just window dressing as far as just political punditry goes. But I so think you right dodged now, it. Would you say time, Trump is a favorite right now if the election were tomorrow? For the very first time, I really think that Trump is becoming the favorite. Of this. Yeah, I do. For the first time. I didn't believe that before him, but I do now. I, I love it. You know, Ryan means it because he doesn't want to say it. That's the great. <laughs> he doesn't like to get our hopes up. Like, I hate making predictions, but that is for the very first time between the DOJ report and between Biden's just up abysmal numbers and Kamala is just, uh, you know, there's just no safe place to rest your eyes for the Biden uh, campaign. They're very confident at the same exact time. I just I don't see how they're going to sit there and pull this one out unless unless the black vote surges to to record high numbers or non-college educated white voters sit on their hands. But I don't think either one of them are going to happen. Brian Gerdusky, he's awesome. Buck, what's the substack to be able to follow him? National Populist Newsletter. I am a happy subscriber. I recommend it to you all. Boom. There you go. Thank you, Ryan. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. You're listening to 24, the most important year in politics with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. We are joined now by Eric Hovde. He is a businessman from Wisconsin, one of our favorite states, of course, and he is running for United States Senate on the Republican side in a critical race against Tammy Baldwin, the incumbent Democrat. Eric, great to have you on the program, sir. Welcome. Good afternoon. Great being on your show, gentlemen. Appreciate you making the time. So uh, let's start with this. What are you going to do differently for the folks of Wisconsin than the representation they've been getting by the incumbent Democrat Tammy Baldwin? Oh, uh, a whole lot of difference. Look, Tammy Baldwin has been a career politician, has spent 37 years in politics, last 25 in D.C. She's never operated in the real world, uh, never had a a private sector job, never has had to buy insurance for herself. I've operated multiple different companies, created, you know, thousands of good-paying jobs, but I've had to buy health insurance. I've had to deal with all the issues that tie into our economy. And and as most politicians, they just have no economic competency. They don't understand how the economy works, certainly not our modern uh, financial uh, economy. So my big number one focus is the economy. Uh, We're hammering middle and uh, lower-income people and fixing Come people with uh, inflation, you know, real wages have declined in this country uh, because of the rate of inflation. And we just keep digging ourselves deeper and deeper in debt where we've added more debt in the last three years, three and a half years than our first country's first 230 years. So, you know, she's voted for everything with Joe Biden, 95.5 percent of the time. Eric, we're going to get back to some serious questions here, but I know you live in Madison and you're a big Wisconsin Badger fan. What in the world has happened to your basketball team? They've fallen apart. It is so frustrating. You know, thankfully they beat Maryland last night, but in a close game. But I mean, to be up consistently in the first half and give it away, I'm not quite sure. I mean, the, to me, the shot selection has been absolutely atrocious at the end of the game. Uh, you know, they, they were uh, with Minnesota neck and neck, and they had the ball, tie game. All they needed was a two-point shot, and they have Tucky Hepburn taking a three. When it, it, you didn't need to do that, they were scoring all their points driving to the basket. So uh, it, there's something that's gone wrong with this team because they were number 10 in the country, and now they're out of the top 20. 
It's unfair. All right, I had I had to get that because you're right. They were a top ten team. They've fallen apart here in the Big Ten season down the last couple of weeks. So Wisconsin, we're going to be up there. We need to get you on in person when the Republican National Convention is going on in Milwaukee. I'm sure you'll be campaigning like crazy there. What are you hearing from people on the ground in Wisconsin that is motivating people the most right now? Is it immigration? Is it the economy? What are you hearing from Wisconsin voters that they are most fired up about as we sit eight months from Election Day? I would say the two things you just talked about. It's the economy because people are struggling. There's no question about it. Biden loves to talk about his, his jobs, jobs. Well, if you look at the increase in jobs this year, most of it has been second jobs. It's people working two, two jobs, uh, and they're having to do that because what inflation has done to them. So I think that is the biggest issue. Immigration, though, is becoming more and more significant in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, they just took, we have a town called Whitewater, 12,000 citizens. They just took and dropped 1,000 people, migrants, illegal immigrants into this community. Now, think of it. Our country is already struggling with having enough housing and medical services and care for our own citizens. Now you take this community of 12,000, you basically increase the population by 8% overnight. Uh, You know, people can't get access to medical care. I don't know if you guys saw what happened in Denver, where they literally put out a notice that medical system, residents don't go to the emergency room. Because we're overwhelmed. Well, what, what are you going to do if you break your leg or you're having a stroke or you're having an allergic reaction to something, you know, you're just supposed to sit there and die or suffer? I mean, this is the insanity that what's happening. The other issue that is very relevant to a lot of people, and it breaks my heart, is, you know, President Obama ended the war on drugs, what was it, 10, 12 years ago. And every year since, you just the amount of loss of young life due to opiates and now fentanyl and look at where all that fentanyl is pouring over from the southern border so uh, you hear that a lot of people who have lost loved ones and then i'd say the last issue is crime you know the the left has given us probably the dumbest idea of the last hundred years and that is defund the police and go soft on criminals and crime i was just in uh south milwaukee Everybody was talking about it. A woman was saying, my car's been broken into four different times. I called the cops one time. They said, did did you get physically assaulted or hurt? And she said, no. Then why are you bothering us? I mean, it's it's stunning what's happened to to a lot of our major cities. We're speaking to Eric Hovde. He's running for a critical, critical Senate seat up in Wisconsin in this cycle against Tammy Baldwin, the Democrat incumbent. And Eric, uh, you have a unique perspective, I think, to bring to the the border crisis issue because you've been involved in philanthropy, building homes for people in developing countries around the world. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I started the Hubby Homes about 20 years ago and rescuing street children because if you're abandoned to the street or you lost your parents or whatever it may be, uh, and you're living in a third or second world country, you have uh, been afflicted by everything, not just homelessness, uh, a lack of food, all the rest. But quite often these children are abused, sexually trafficked uh, and, you know, become glue addicts to suppress their hunger and and their emotional pain. So we have built homes nine around the world that takes children in, not only gives them food, shelter, clothing, but we give them skills, training and you know education but most importantly we provide them love because the human soul thrives on love everybody wants to love and be loved and these children have never had love so it's it's christian based um we have three in central america uh one of them explicitly deals with young children that are sexually trafficked uh all of them touch that issue we have uh, four in Africa. One deals with pulling children out of slavery that are uh, captured or sold off into on Lake Volta. There's still a lot of slavery in Africa and India and China. So th- these are the what the homes do, and and you know it's providing loving care to those that have least. Thank you so much. What can people who want to support your candidacy, and we look forward to meeting you in person in July. 
uh, up in Milwaukee. But for people out there who want to help you flip this seat back to Republican control, how can they help? Well, she's one of the three most liberal Democrats there is, votes with Biden 95.5% of the time. So go to Eric, E-R-I-C, of D. That's H-O-V is in Victor, D is in David, E is in Edward. EricHovde.com. Love everybody's support. And guys, thank you so much for having me on your show. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope all your listeners have a fantastic day as well. We appreciate you. If you want to go see Eric's announcement, it's up at clayandbuck.com. Also links to his website there. Good luck, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Fantastic. Take care. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. You're listening to 24, the year of impact with Clay and Buck. Nikki Haley has had a press conference to announce she will not be dropping out. I I mean, I would think that would be self, self-evident. I, I don't know. Phil's fairly desperate as we get closer to Saturday. So she's going to lose in South Carolina. And then she's going to lose basically everywhere on Super Tuesday. And what exactly is the strategy here? I have absolutely no idea. She says, I refuse to quit. We'll maybe play some of this audio for you in a bit. South Carolina will vote on Saturday. But on Sunday, I will still be running for president. I'm not going anywhere. I'm campaigning every day until the last person votes. I just... I mean, again, I give credit to Ron DeSantis and his team because after Iowa, they put everything they had into Iowa. They lost. They came in second, but they lost, and it wasn't particularly close. And they said there is no pathway for us to be the nominee, and they dropped out. Nikki Haley put everything she had into New Hampshire, and she lost by 11 or 12. She's now putting everything she has again into South Carolina, and she's going to lose, and she's now saying, I'm going to keep fighting afterwards, I think it's very fair to ask, where is her money coming from, and how much of that money is being spent by people who support Joe Biden to try to keep Donald Trump from officially having everything locked up? I, I think Nikki Haley could have been a viable vice presidential candidate. I think she should have come to Trump right after 
certainly New Hampshire, and said, hey, what about the idea of a unity ticket? Maybe not vice president, maybe it's secretary of state. Let's go ahead and put this to bed. Instead, I think, Buck, she's made a really bad decision about how she's played this out. Here we go. Here's twenty uh, cut 27, Nikki Haley vowing to fight on and saying that this primary will continue, and we'll discuss what that means. Play it. I'm fighting for what I know is right, and I don't care what the party leaders and political elites want. I'll keep fighting until the American people close the door. That day is not today, and it won't be on Saturday, not by a long shot. The presidential primaries have barely begun. Just three states have voted. Three. That's it. After this weekend, we'll be at four. That's not a lot. In the 10 days after South Carolina, another 21 states and territories will vote. People have a right to have their voices heard. And they deserve a real choice, not a Soviet-style election where there's only one candidate and he gets 99% of the vote. If you lose every state... Whoever is advising Nikki Haley, I think, is doing a really poor job of advising her unless, Buck, she's interested in running on this no-labels ticket and she's trying to stay alive and she just wants to completely sabotage Trump. I don't know if there's any viability to that possibility, but I think it's worth discussing at this point. Uh, there's a, another option, and I will admit that I don't know this, and it is it is cynical, but it is based in some... Uh, some tendencies that we saw from Nikki Haley right after she served as Trump's U.S. ambassador to the United Nation, which I just like to point out, you know, people were making an argument uh, about Ron DeSantis and saying that it was remember this, it was um, uh, disloyal for him to run against Trump. And people can make of that what they will. Ron DeSantis was never a part of the Trump administration. Nikki Haley was. Uh, so I, I think that if that argument applied at all for somebody uh, then it should apply in, in this case uh, even more substantially more so, and and I think that my more cynical take on this is, look, she's getting big money from a Democrat. We already know about that, right? I mean, that's yep. there. There are big money Democrats who are writing checks for the Nikki Haley campaign, so she's allowing herself to be used as at least a drain on time, resources, and focus a uh, focus against Trump at this stage, uh, and. It might be because she figures there's a big, fat corporate job in it for her after this. That's very cynical, I understand. But she was on the board of Boeing after doing a lot of business with Boeing when she was the governor of South Carolina. That's what got Vivek and her so fiery with each other on stage. She does not have another job. She does not have something else lined up after this. It's not like she's still the governor of somewhere or she's still a senator or whatever. So maybe it's this is what corporate America and the donor class wants. So she stays in this a little bit longer and she ends up getting some board seats and some uh, $250,000 a gig speaking engagements. Is that does that strike anyone as crazy? I don't know. That's why I wonder if she's going to run as a third party. If she's really in it well, for the well, money. Then she's clearly doing that, by the way. Then she is actually just a, a pawn of the moneyed elites in this country if she's really in it for the money then she'll run as the third party and try to keep trump from being elected by the way here she is saying i'm not going to kiss the ring look i get it in politics the herd mentality is enormously strong a lot of republican politicians have surrendered to it the pressure on them was way too much they didn't want to be left out of the club of course many of the same politicians who now publicly embrace trump privately dread him they know what a disaster he's been and will continue to be for our party. They're just too afraid to say it out loud. Well, I'm not afraid to say the hard truths out loud. I feel no need to kiss the ring. I have no fear of Trump's retribution. That sounds to me like somebody who is laying the groundwork to run as a third-party candidate. Because you can't win. Why else would you say all of this? I would just just put it out there as a possibility. What is her game plan if it's not to run as a third party? She's definitely got to make money. She's not independently wealthy. That's really where Vivek, I think, hit her pretty solidly, was in pointing out how avaricious, how greedy she had been in her post-political uh, career, how much money she made so quickly. I think it kind of made some people cringe. 
if you're a governor and you're on the board of Boeing, I mean, you're not a former general on the board of Boeing, right? If, if you're, which that that brings its own problems. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but at least right. there's some connectivity. Uh, you know, I know Boeing does more than just make military stuff, but you can understand why somebody who had been, you know, uh, chairman of CENTCOM or whatever might end up uh, on the board at Boeing, and we can have conversations about the down uh, the. Um, the downside of the military industrial complex and another time on this show. But in terms of the governor, you're effectively a lobbyist for Boeing at that point, right? You're somebody who your Rolodex and your political connections are what's being offered up. And, uh, you know, I think that some people given her foreign policy started to connect this stuff together and feel like there are real issues there. I mean, you can always, I think, tell with, with some politicians when you hit them on something and they get truly angry instead of politician indignant, um, and I think what we saw with her and Vivek on stage was there were some some of those things were hitting home in a way that I mean she called him scum I think on the stage yeah. didn't she Yes she looked at him and said you're scum which is you know that's not that's not cool uh, I I can't can't say that that's something that's acceptable I don't even think at least Trump is funny when he when he says something nasty to someone that's not funny that's just mean um so yeah I and think it's by the way valid issues. criticisms of her it's not like he just said i mean he said hey your own daughter's on tiktok it's going to be kind of hard to get people to get off tiktok when she criticized him for being on tiktok that seems valid to me i mean i've got kids if all my kids are on tiktok and i'm saying we've got to ban the app and my kids are all on tiktok like campaigning for me that would be i think a very valid uh punch Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.